Welcome to the Alien Beer Podcast. My name is Chrissy Garrison. I'm an independent science fiction and fantasy author, and I will be reading my stories to you. Last time on the Multiverse Blues, Jules helped Coral escape the Arch Authority facility, only to have the strange Tristellian slip away into the Arch Gate without them. Now, Jules has caught up with Hope's tour mid-concert to be re- reunited with their newfound family of friends. Or will they? The other Jules is still out there, so how will Jules convince Hope and her crew that they're really who they say they are? The Multiverse Blues, Chapter 14, Little Queen of Spades I used the last of my folding money to buy a ticket to my own show, which was already underway. After finding an advertisement for Hope's tour, concert time and location, I'd made my way across the city on the L and on foot. My ticket was for a seat far back in the balcony of the old Harmony Theater. I knew the analog of the place back home in my home verse. Very little seemed to have changed, other than the name and some choices in renovation. This version had opted for a more Spartan deco, where back home the owners had gone to the expense of restoring the beautiful turn-of-the-twentieth-century architectural adornments. I guessed that Delton's embellished with virtual frills rather than tangible ones. Without specs, I had no idea what everyone else saw, but the place still had a quiet majesty about it, wearing the weight of over a century of musical and theatrical shows like a tattered but royal robe. As I entered, Hope's beautiful voice lifted my spirits as she trilled Billie Holiday's Let's Call the Whole Thing Off. Babs did the counterpoint of Tomato, to Hope's tomato, and I couldn't help the big grin that spread across my face. I was home. I made my way to my seat just to survey the situation. Casually dressed Deltons sparsely occupied the back rows of the balcony, each wearing their own pair of specs. It occurred to me that a distant seat like this might not be as much of an impediment to someone with a pair of the ubiquitous virtual reality glasses, since the scene could likely be magnified or augmented through a feed from closer cameras. On stage, Babs switched to an electric guitar and began a throbbing, driving bass line. Hope lowered her voice to a husky Janis Joplin-esque level, grinding out Led Zeppelin's whole lot of love like she was coming on to every last person in the Harmony Theater. I might have broken out in a sweat. Hope's body writhed to the blunt, suggestive lyrics she belted out, and the crowd swayed to her every move, screaming out their joy. I sat down in my assigned seat and drank it in, loving every moment of the performance, thrilled to be a part of the audience for this one time. I let my mind wander where it would, unsure of my next move. I'd lost at least four or five hours somehow. I thought back to that timeless falling I'd done after entering the portal. Then I thought about how easy my escape had been, limping across the arch plaza. Something strange had to have happened when I followed Coral into the portal. That was the only explanation. I thought about Coral disappearing into the portal, maybe to fascist ox, maybe to some other verse. I hoped they were okay. I suppose anywhere was better than being enslaved to maintain that link to ox, imprisoned in a coffin-like tank half full of scummy water. Still, my worry for Coral sat heavy in my abdomen, a lump of guilt and urgency to tell Hope. I didn't know what my crew's leader could do about the situation, but I had the feeling she needed to know and would have more wisdom to do something with it than I did. 
The stage lights brightened from blue past green to a sunny yellow as Dribbler picked up the pace on the drums and Hope moved on to Since You're Gone by the cars. A cluster of college-aged Deltons near me shrieked with glee. Who knew that the cars were still big in Delta these days? The song choice made me wonder if the crew missed me. I'd rushed out, kind of stupidly, when I'd gotten embarrassed. Even thinking about how I'd left brought that uneasiness back to me. Maybe they'd written me off as fragile and sensitive? Would I be able to face them again without freaking out again? And then, a familiar shade of blue caught my eye, down at the center of the balcony. In a boxed-in area full of electronic consoles, keyboards, and blinking lights, sat my twin. Delta Jewels had taken my place, running the lights and sound. A terrible thought froze me from head to toe. What if they hadn't even noticed? What if the other Jewels had sent me off on a fool's errand in order to usurp me? Maybe their plan all along was to infiltrate Hope's tour. Or had they simply wanted to escape their world this way I'd escaped my own? I seethed, sitting there in the back of the house. My hands balled into fists, and my face heated up. All I could do was stare daggers into the back of my doppelganger's spiky blue head. As I was just about to leap from my seat to confront the usurper, claws bit into my legs as Jasmine the cat appeared out of the darkness to climb up onto my lap. She stuck her nose up to touch my nose, sniffing with her mouth slightly open. She let out a purt and headbutted my cheek. Surprised, I let out a squeak and ruffled the fur on top of her head affectionately. Jazzy! Hey there, sweetie. Looks like you found me. The genetically enhanced cat met my eyes and nodded, her expression seeming serious to my eyes. She hopped down to the floor and ran to the end of the row, unnoticed by the people sitting there. She paused and looked back at me, eyes reflectively glowing in the darkness as she waited for me. I rose from my seat to follow, and she disappeared down the aisle, downward towards the stairway to the lower levels of the theater. I rushed after her, feeling a bit of deja vu as I chased her past rows and rows of seats along the edge of the Harmony Theater. We reached the front, where a steel door stood open. Behind it, stairs led upwards to the backstage area. Unfortunately for me, a beefy woman blocked the door. She wore a security t-shirt, chunky goggle specs, and what might be a stun gun in a holster at her hip. Jasmine slipped past the guard with no problem, but I wasn't so quick or small. The guard reached out a hand and said, Where do you think you're going, Scooter? I pulled off my stocking cap and ran my fingers through my blue hair. I'm, uh, with the band. My name's Jules. Just ask Carlin, the stage manager. Tell him I'm sorry I'm late. Jasmine's eyes glowed from behind the guard, halfway up the stairs. She licked her nose in irritation. The guard touched invisible buttons in midair and spoke to someone else in a hushed tone. As I stood there, my brain sautéing in nervous anxiety, Hope launched into the Rolling Stones' Get Off of My Cloud, accompanied by Bab's twangy guitar and Dribbler's rat-a-tat-tat. They made it almost to the end of that song before the guard grudgingly stood aside. Harlan wants me to tell you that you have some explaining to do, Scooter. My name is Jules. She shrugged, eyes unreadable behind her blocky specks. Sure thing, Scooter. I glared at her as I pushed past to follow Jasmine up the stairs. At the top, we were met with Harlan. Harlan held a revolver in his hand, pointed at my heart. He said, 
I don't know who you think you're trying to fool, but we've already got one blue-haired Tinkerbell for a stagehand, and she's up in the balcony in the control booth. But Harlan, I protested, it's me, Jules, the one you hired in Beta. The other one is... Shut up and sit in that there chair, he said, waving his pistol back and forth between me and a battered wooden chair by the pulleys of the stage ropes. Go on, sit, and we'll sort this out in a few minutes. But... You're not making your case by yapping. I said, hush. He pushed his specs up and locked eyes with me. He pointed the muzzle of the pistol at my forehead for a terrifying little eternity until I nodded wordlessly. As I sat, he bound me to the back of the chair with duct tape around my arms and chest several times. I thought that I could get out of the binding, but not quickly and not quietly. While he worked at this, he talked over the specs to the others. Intermission after this song. Crew meeting backstage. Yes, you too. Come on down. We have a problem. Jasmine sat at my feet and stared up at me with huge eyes. She let out a long, mournful cry. Harlan spoke to Jasmine without looking at her. Don't you give me none of that either, missy. I know who she looks like. You ought to know by now. That don't mean she's the right one. Why, there was that one time we ran into another one of me and Tierra. Damnedest thing. Can't trust alts none. Never who you think they are. Jasmine continued to stare at me, sitting upright and tense. Marcy appeared from elsewhere backstage. She looked from Harlan to me and back and pressed her lips into a tight line. Hope and the band trailed off to thunderous applause and whistles from the audience. Hope's voice carried backstage, saying, Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Moments later, Hope, Babs, and Dribbler swept off stage and stood behind Harlan, who still covered me with a handgun. What are you doing, Harlan? cried Hope, putting a hand on the stage manager's shoulder. Jules is part of our crew. They're a family. Yeah, then who's that? asked Harlan, jerking his chin to point at Delta Jules, who appeared at the top of the stairs wearing my magenta dress and the pair of specs I'd been issued this morning. What's going on? Oh, shit, it's me. Harlan tossed the roll of duct tape to Babs. Mind that one, too, till we get this sorted. Delta Jules took half a step back toward the stairs, and if it were me, I'd be thinking of making a run for it. But if it were me, I wouldn't have any reason to run, since I'm the real Jules. I think they came to the same decision, since they allowed Babs to bind their hands in front of them. Sorry, she said, looking back and forth between my twin and me. You know, this is pretty stupid, said Dribbler. I mean, we'd know if we'd been working in with an imposter, wouldn't we? Bab shook her head. No, I don't know about that. Remember the other Harlan? Marcy objected. That guy was nothing like our Harlan. Wasn't even military. He was a mechanic. I'd have hired him, too, except one Harlan's more than enough. Hope sang, Why do you have a gun, Harlan? Surely neither Jules is violent? Harlan scowled. Don't think so? What about that other Jules from Aird? Tried to blow up the whole bus. Close call as it was. Delta Jules spoke up. They look just like me, sure, but I'm the real Jules, Hope. Please believe me. Hope examined the other Jules, then turned to look at me and sang, You haven't said anything in your defense so far. What do you want here? I looked from Hope to Harlan, and back. I was asked, at gunpoint, to be quiet. My defense is, 
I ran off like a hothead this morning and got tricked into a parent trap situation, and now they're trying to steal my life. Hope stepped closer to me, her dark eyes as serious as I'd ever seen them. And why would they want to do that? I shrugged. I don't know. To get closer to you, maybe? To frame me for something they did? Just running away to join the circus like I did? She nodded. And if this is so, where have you been during all this? They gave me their specs, with a map which led me to another Tristellian, one named Coral. Hope backed two steps away from me, her mouth hanging open in shock. Coral? Are you certain of that name? When I nodded, she whirled to face the other jewels. One of you knows more about this, and I need to know it. Delta Jewels lost color in their face and stammered out, I, I don't know anything about this. I continued, Coral was imprisoned in a tank, hooked up to machines. They said that they were needed to help keep the arch gate open to Ox. I freed them. Hope let out squeals and clicks just as Coral had, then sang, You freed Coral? Then where is he? He ran away when guards came after us, into the portal. I wasn't able to follow. And yet you escaped? I nodded. I emerged on the other side, still here in Delta, but several hours later. I have no explanation for that. Hope frowned, but continued to study me. Harlan snorted, keeping his pistol aimed in my general direction. It sounds like a tall tale to me. Jasmine left her spot at my feet and crept over to the other jewels and sniffed their ankles. Delta Jewels took another half-step back to get away from Jasmine. Look, I've been here the whole time, other than my brunch with Patrick. Was Patrick in on this too, I asked. He did seem kind of nervous. In on what, asked Jules, there face a textbook study in innocence. Jasmine trotted back over to me after her inspection of the other Jules. She hopped up into my lap and perched there, facing out into the room. I think I know how to solve this, sang Hope. Each of you must tell me who you have a crush on, and that will reveal which is the real Jules. You, blurted the other Jules. I didn't want to say, but I'm about half in love with you, Hope. Hope smiled and walked closer to my twin. I thought so. From their side, she looked at me. And you? My heart beat a rapid tattoo, and I broke out into a cold sweat. Do I really have to say? Hope nodded. Well, I've got a crush on you, and Dribbler, and even a little one on Babs. What? cried Marcy Davenport. Not me? I, uh, I stammered. I mean, I like you, Marcy, but we haven't gotten close enough for me to feel. Marcy laughed and crossed over to me and used a box knife to cut me free of the duct tape. Babs locked Delta Jewels in a chokehold. Harlan lowered his pistol, his eyes hooded and dark below his furrowed brow. Wait, so you know it's me? Hope laughed. <laughs> yes, we know. I knew as soon as I came backstage. The other Jules exclaimed. But how? Hope smiled and put a hand down near floor level. Jasmine leaped out of my lap and rubbed up against Hope's mitten-like hand and purred loud enough that I could hear her eight feet away. I trust Jasmine's instincts and her sense of smell. I stood up and let Marcy put her arm around me. Then why did you ask that question? Dribbler laughed. She just wanted to know how you felt after you ran off this morning. 
We all wondered what was going on with you, and now we know. Plus, your adorable blush gave you away. The other one tried too hard to seem sure. Now, sang Hope to the other jewels, what we do with you depends on what you tell us about why you're here and how you can help us get away to another verse. Thank you for listening to the Alien Beer Podcast. If you like my stories, please visit my website, sillyhatbooks.com. I publish as E. Chris Garrison, and my books may be found in paperback, ebook, and audiobook format on Amazon.com and other places. The theme music for Alien Beer Podcast is Phantom from Space by Kevin McLeod. I very much enjoy feedback on this podcast and on my stories, so please leave comments on my website, visit me at at EC Garrison on Twitter, E. Chris Garrison on Facebook, or drop me an email at ecg at sillyhatbooks.com. Are you so tired of having your own thoughts? Are you just totally exhausted having your own beliefs on every single thing in the entire world? Well, don't worry. Here at Your New Opinion, we do the thinking for you. Join Ryan, Nick, and Ben as the boys debate topics that we probably know nothing about using every dirty trick they can think of to win. Everything from if net neutrality is good or bad, to cake versus pie, to who killed JFK. So if you're looking to never have your own thoughts again, check out your new opinion every Friday. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.